Good morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, this morning we're finding ourselves in Hebrews chapter 10. It's part two of our sermon. We started last week. Don't cast away your confidence in Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. We'll do a quick review of what we've gone over so far, verses 32 through 34, and we'll pick up our main study here this morning in verse 35. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 35. The Hebrew writer writing to Christian, the Hebrew Christians, he writes this. This is God's word. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. Sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and and an abiding one. Therefore, based on this reality of your past suffering, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. This is God's word. Let us honor and give heed to God's holy word here this morning. In the psalm that was read earlier, Psalm 46, uh, Psalm 46, it teaches us uh, that in turbulent times, that in turbulent times, confidence in God, not the knowledge and truth about who God is. It is God and, 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 and all that we know about him in scripture. It is, it is the knowledge of God that stabilizes our soul. The psalmist stated this. He said, therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters Roll, war, and foam, throw the mountains quake at his swelling pride. Sheila, uh, Psalm 46, verses 2 through 3. What the psalmist is doing is painting the worst case scenario. Think of the worst thing that could happen in your life. Think of the, 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 the most difficult and challenging circumstance that may come into your life. 
the, 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 the psalmist says, even though the, the, these certain things may radically disrupt the, the, the normal, the normal in your life, the normal, you know, you get up in the morning and, and this, the normal operation of life goes this way. And it's always gone this way. The psalmist is saying is, is when the, a disruption come in that disrupts the ordinary. God is your confidence. God is the confidence of his people. God commands in this psalm. Psalm 46 verse 10. God commands. He says, be still. Did you get that when Pastor Mark was reading it? Be still and know something. Be still and know that I am God. In the midst of uncertainty, it will come. It will come into your life, children. It will come into life. And perhaps maybe some of you are experiencing uncertainty in your life. Maybe your life has been disrupted. God says, be still and know this. Know that I am God. I will be exalted, he says, among the nations. I will, the nations, among the people. And then he goes on, he says, I will be exalted in the earth. The earth is shaking. The people are coming against God's people. And God says, I will be exalted. God proclaims that he is his people's confidence. Confidence is important. Persevering, try, trying to, to persevere in the Christian life without confidence is futile. To, to, to press on and have no confidence in the Christian life would be challenging. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Verse 14, he says this of the the confidence we have of the resurrected Christ, that the resurrection has taken place. Paul says this, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If this if Christ has not been raised, you have no confidence. It's in vain. Paul understood the necessity of confidence, confidence built upon God's promises, uh, confidence built upon Jesus Christ. You have no confidence, you have no hope. The assurance of Christ's resurrection gives us the necessary confidence we need. So, so, so how do we, how do we, how do we get confidence? We look to Christ, and this is what the writer of Hebrews has been doing. I'll repeat this over and over again. The writer of Hebrews has been pointing to Jesus Christ. He's been pointing to the supremacy of Jesus Christ over all things. He, he wants to, to stabilize the souls of these Jewish readers. He wants to stabilize their souls with the knowledge of the person and work of Jesus Christ. We've already seen, we saw last week that these Jewish believers were, were facing hardship. After they heard the gospel, after they understood the gospel, the writer says, after they were enlightened, they began to experience difficulties in life 
suffering in life because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They encountered resistance. They encountered opposition. They encountered suffering. Look at verse 32. He says, he says this, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. They had, they, they, they encountered difficult, uh, difficult time in their life in which all was being, was being turned upside down in their lives. They were being verbally abused. We see that in verse 33, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach, uh, reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. They, they were being verbally abused and, and physically abused for their faith. They were being put to shame publicly for what they confessed about Christ. And, and in the midst of all of this, the writer says that they show love and compassion to those in prison. This passage is relevant. It, this, this passage is relevant for us today from what Pastor Mark said about what is going on in Haiti. These, these believers showed love and compassion to those in prison and joyfully accepted the, the, the plundering, <laughs> the, the, the plundering, the pillaging he used. These believers, because of what they knew about Christ, they joyfully accepted the plundering of their property. People were stealing what they had and they joyfully accepted that. Why? The writer says they knew, they knew that they had a, a better possession. He, he says, since you knew at the end of verse 34 and you knew that you yourselves, you knew this, that you had a better possession and a, and a, an abiding one. It didn't go just because you're suffering. It didn't go away. You understood this. Beloved, God's word is relevant to all that we will encounter today and what we will encounter tomorrow. The author is making the point here. The author of Hebrew is making the point that those uh, to whom he is writing He's making the point that, 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 that you suffer for your faith and, and you did not get sidetracked from living for the faith when you heard the gospel. You stood firm. And, and so he wants to, to, to encourage them and with the fact that, that you endured in the past, continue to endure. You endured in the past. You endured suffering, ridicule, persecution. You endured in the past. Continue to endure. And this is God's word to us. We, we need such confidence, confidence that would enable us to endure all that takes place in our lives. That, that takes place, that, that, that is unexpected. We need confidence to endure. This passage will encourage us to 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 have a, a confident endurance to to patiently and joyfully bear under whatever the difficulty the difficulties are in our lives 
to, to encourage us to bear under the difficulties because of what we know about Christ and what we know about the promises of God. This is what God's word, God, God's word does for us. It enables us to endure. So look with me at verse number 35. Verse number 35 starts with, therefore, this is at the beginning, beginning of thir- uh, verse 35. You see the word, therefore, this, this, the writer now is, is concluding what he has just said. He, he, he is saying that you did not give up when, uh, when it was hard to be a Christian. <laughs> it was very hard to be a Christian. You didn't give up. You remained under trials that brought intense pressure upon your lives. Look at what he says next in verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Freiburg, in his dictionary, observed throw away here literally means, it literally means uh, to, it is to, to take a, to throw off a garment, to, to take it off. And we see an example of, of what this looked like in Mark chapter 10, verse 50. Just turn there real quickly. Mark chapter 10, verse 50. We'll see an example of, of what it of what this looks like. And we have here the story of, of blind Bartimaeus and, and Jesus heals uh, blind Bartimaeus. Bar, uh, Bartimaeus was, was blind and he was a beggar and he was sitting beside the roadside. And and in verse 47, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him. He's he's blind. He's begging. And and and, and he's he cries out to Jesus and there is opposition that comes against him. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David. Have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called him. And they called the blind man saying to him. Notice these sweet words. Take heart. Get up. He is calling you. Who is calling? Jesus is calling you. Upon hearing this, look at verse 50. He says. And throwing off his cloak. This is this is this is the the uh, the, the same word that is that is used here back in Hebrews chapter uh, chapter ten verse thirty five. Do not throw away your confidence. This this uh, blind Bartimaeus, upon hearing that Jesus was calling him, he threw off his cloak. He threw it off and 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 to not come back to it again. And he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, what? And now we get the reason. Why was it that that uh, a Bartimaeus came to Jesus and threw off his cloak and, and it sprang up when when he came to understand that Jesus called him? Verse 52, Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on 
the way Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, was publicly persistent. You, did you, you did you miss that? He was in public. There were people around him telling him to shut up. And he persisted. He, he, he persisted publicly, despite the opposition from the crowd, despite the physical issue of being blind. He persisted. He threw off. He, he flung off his cloak and he went to Jesus. He didn't stay where he was at. The writer of Hebrews is, 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 is telling us back in Hebrews chapter 10, beloved, the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't do the opposite. Don't, don't do the opposite and throw off your confidence. Don't throw off your confidence like, like it's a, it's a cloak. Throw it away. Don't, don't throw off your confidence. Confidence that, what type of confidence? Confidence not in themselves, but confidence that, that is rooted in a clear understanding of the person and work of Jesus Christ. They were enlightened in, about who Christ is in the gospel. And the, and the writer said, don't throw off your confidence in Christ and the gospel. Philip Hughes observed, quote, after joyfully enduring severe afflictions and losses for Christ's sake, to throw away their confidence, talking about these, these Hebrew Christians, to throw away their confidence as though it were, after all, something worthless and dispensable, he says, would not make sense. Something that was so precious to you that enabled you to endure in the Christian life so early on, don't throw that confidence away as if it's worthless. It was worth something back then. They got you through back then. Don't throw it away. And, and the implication here is that they haven't. They, they have not. And so the writer is saying you have not. And at no point are you to do this. This is what a shepherd does. A shepherd prepares the sheep. At no point. You haven't at no point are you to do this. You live openly. The writer of Hebrews is saying you live boldly before others for Christ. You trusted in God's promises. Now continue to have courage. And, and why would one throw away his confidence in Christ? Why would one do that? Well, one of the reasons could be that such a person has been consumed with something other than Christ. You've allowed something or someone to eclipse Christ in your life. You've allowed something to overshadow Christ in your heart. Perhaps your passion for Christ has become cold, like the, the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. In Revelation chapter 2, look, look over there with me real quickly. Revelation chapter 2. Verses 
1 through 5. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, the writer, John, says this to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right? The Lord Jesus Christ has given him instructions on what to write to the church at Ephesus. And he says, write this, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I knew your works. Your toil and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, and, uh, but have tested those who called themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I, I, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up under, uh, bearing up for my name's, my namesake. And you have not grown weary. Sounds like these believers, these Hebrew Christians, doesn't it? But notice what the Lord says. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned. That you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Perhaps some here this morning, perhaps you need to repent. Perhaps. The circumstances you are in have revealed that your love for the Lord has grown cold. And you don't serve with that fervor that you had before. Perhaps you have allowed fear, hardships in life, perhaps health issues, unanswered prayer laziness, indifference, desire for comfort and convenience, confidence in yourself, perhaps some sin, perhaps you, you have allowed such things to, to cause you to lose your zeal. The Lord says, repent of that. God has not changed. The Lord Jesus Christ has not changed. Grasp on and reignite that flame afresh in your life for Christ. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away. Look at the end of verse 35 of Hebrews chapter 10. Look at the end. We see here that confident uh, endurance for Christ. There's a reward. We will be rewarded greatly. You see that? Do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be, be steadfast, immovable. Stand. Be steadfast. 
regardless of what is going on in your life, don't allow it to move you in your confidence. He says, be steadfast and movable always. Always, not when it's good, not when circumstances are good. He says, always, good times, bad times, all immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor, your labor is not in vain. Even if it's hard, even if you're suffering, as you persevere and press through your label, your labor in difficult times is not in vain. Paul says in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, he says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not cast away our confidence. And or throw it off as if it's worthless. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. The writer has already said something similar. He says this For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work. God sees all, God knows all. He's not unjust. So as to overlook your work, he know it's hard. And the love that you have shown for for his name. In serving the saints, as you still do, the writer says. Hebrews chapter six, verse 10. God knows, beloved. But he wants us to know. That he knows and that he will reward us the writer says it's there's a great reward it's not talking about salvation it's talking about a award because christ has already saved us we don't need to work for salvation christ has already gained for us our salvation but but this great reward is 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 what Christ is what is what he has he has already gained it's already ours through through uh, through his Christ has already gained it through his perfect obedience through suffering his suffering it's, it's but we will be be given it I think Re- in Revelation it says the the crown of life the 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 the, the it will be Put, we will be given the crown of life when Christ returns. We have a great reward, beloved. Keep working. Don't give up. Our Lord himself in uh, Philippians chapter 2 verse 8, it says of him and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Our life persevered. Uh, our Lord persevered. And if he persevered, even to the point of dying on the cross for our sins, beloved, don't throw away your confidence in Christ. Don't throw it away as if it's useless, as if it's not worthy to be embraced in the in difficult times. Endure, beloved, endure to the end. Endure to the end. 
Notice that that nothing that you have on this earth can compare to what you will have when the Lord returns for you, beloved. We we will have the Lord himself. So endure, endure. Paul says in, 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 in chapter eight, of Romans, these just this this is what we're going through a light afflictions in comparison to to what to the glory we receive when Christ. This is light when we see Christ, when we see all that Christ has bought for us through His death. Nothing will compare with that. We won't even think about the little sufferings that we're going through in this world. It will not even register on your mind in all eternity. Great is your reward. But you must endure. And we'll see in chapter 12, you must run the race. You must run it with all your strength. Look at the beginning of verse 36. It says, for you need, you have need of endurance. It's not just going to be, be, be given. Again, we're not talking about working. We're talking about for your salvation. We're talking about working because you're, you are saved. This, this, is, this is what a Christian does. You have need of endurance. This implies that, that, that the Christian life, it won't be easy. If you got to endure, that means that it's not going to be easy to be a Christian. And what you need as, as a part of your Christian walk, what you need in your daily life as a believer, what you need is endurance. And this leads this is going this is leading us to what uh, to, 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 to faith and 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 what is faith and 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 endurance is, is built upon a confident faith in Jesus Christ. It's leading us to chapter eleven. You, you need endurance. And what kind of attitude this is? This this attitude of endurance. What does it look like? Well, Phil Newton said this. Quote: To endure does not imply a grim resignation. Of your circumstances, so that you keep a, he says, a, a stiff up, a you just suck it up. That's, this ain't, this is not the type of endurance that the writer of Hebrews is is exhorting these believers to and exhorting us to. Not just suck it up. That's so so cold hearted. Did Jesus suck it up? Listen to what Hebrews chapter 12 tells us. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 3. Now, in fact, turn over. You got to see that. Verse 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of, of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and so let and let us run with endurance the race the agon 
that is set before us. Verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, for, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, verse 3, who endured from sin and such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Jesus didn't suck it up. The, the, the joy that was set before our Lord was the, the joy of the, those whom his death would purchase for God. The joy that was set before our Lord was the joy of having the glory that he had before he came into the world. Jesus endured the cross by anticipating the joy that was set before him. And this is this is the endurance that our writer is calling for. It's an, it's an endurance that is faithful. It's an endurance that is patient. It is an endurance that is that has joyous confidence in Jesus Christ and in God's future promise. And 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 and, and this this endurance is, is that which enables a, 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 a believer to to bear up under all things, persecution, suffering, difficulties, all the challenges of living in, in a fallen world. This 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 endurance is is a is a patient and joyous endurance based on what we know about Christ and the promises of God. This is God's will for us. Look at the middle of verse 36. He says, so that when you have done the will of God, what, what is God's will for us? We'll talk about that here in just a second. But I want you to know to, to not miss this. He says, so that when you have done the will of God, what, what notice that is, it's God's will. Our, our, our endurance is a part of God's will for us. And if it's, a, if it's God's will for us, God will enable us to do his will. God, God has, he has, he, he has already, he, he is at work in, in, in us and enabling us to do what he wills for us to do. This is what St. Augustine said. When he said this, give what you command and then command whatever you will. God, enable, enable me to do what you command and then command what you will. St. Augustine knew that he needed God's enablement to do what God commands us to do. You say where that is in scripture. Turn to Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says this, Therefore, my beloved, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Philippian believers, he says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There, there's, there's, there's a responsibility that these Philippian believers and all believers have to, 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 to live the Christian life, to work out their salvation. But he says in verse 14, for it is God who works in you. Wait a minute. He just said they are to work out their soul salvation. Is it not their responsibility? Yes. But along with that, Paul says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God command what thou will, but enable me to do what you command. It is God's will, back to our text in Hebrews, it is God's will that, that you endure through trials and suffering sent by his hand. But, and because it's his will, it's his will for you, he will enable you to. This is, this is God's will for you. And when we do that, when we endure with our faith set up on God and what he has promised to do and will do in our lives, and when we do it, with our faith set up on Christ and, and knowing that these privileges that we have in living the Christian life, this enablement we have to live daily and to persevere under trial, knowing that that has come from Christ, that honors Christ. This is God's will. God's will for your life is that you honor Christ. And how do you honor Christ? You honor Christ by believing and trusting in Christ and believing and relying on and depending upon what Christ has won for us through his death. God has purpose that you honor the son. Be confident in him. Be, be confident in his gospel. John chapter 5, verse 23. This is God's will. So that when you have done the will of God, the writer says, look at the end of verse 36. You may receive what is promised. If you persevere, you will receive what God has promised to the faithful. You, you, no doubt you, you will receive, but it requires that you endure, that you, you persevere with joy. You, you will receive when, when Christ comes, you will hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. When Christ returns, 
you will receive the completion of your salvation. When Christ returns, you will, will receive eternal joy, eternal peace. You will be with Christ. And you will know him for all eternity. Just don't cast away your confidence. Endure. With, uh, endure with confidence. Joyous confidence because it has a great reward. You're not to throw away your confidence because you're commanded to live by faith. Look at verse number 37. Look at the beginning. It says, yet for a little while, yet a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. The writer here is pointing uh, back to uh, uh, back to Isaiah. Uh, many say Isaiah chapter 26, uh, verse uh, verse two and, and verses 19 through 21. And you can find this similar language in Micah chapter one, verse three. And, and, and what you, you have here is that, uh, the, the, the prophet is, is encouraging the true people of God to persevere in faith and, and to, to wait on the salvation of God, wait on their deliverance and to wait on God's judgment of the enemies of Israel. It's, 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 it's necessary, the, 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 uh, the prophet is saying, it is necessary that God's people persevere in the faith until God, until God judges his enemies. And ultimately, this is looking forward to Jesus Christ. This is looking forward to the one who is, who is going to come. Jesus is going to come. Jesus will return. He is going to judge. And it may seem like it's a slow thing, no doubt, to brothers and sisters over in Haiti and all that is enduring persecution around the world. It may seem slow. Those who ultimately give their life for Christ. He is coming. He will return. He will bring retribution. Persevere. Persevere, my brothers. Persevere, my sisters. Persevere until either the Lord desires to take you home or until the Lord returns, make up your mind to persevere because he will come. Look at the beginning of verse 38. In the meantime, this is what you're to do. What's, this is what's expected of you as a believer until Christ comes. But my righteous one shall live by faith. For, for, for us who believe, we must live by faith until Christ returns. This is Habakkuk. Chapter two, verse four, who who are in they're They're in the midst of oppression by the Chaldeans and and God's people are, are complaining of injustice and suffering. And, and Habakkuk says, he says to them, he encourages them. He says, live by faith, not by sight. 
and, and endurance and, and endurance is 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 necessary because our endurance pleases God and pleases God because when we endure and we endure with with joy and what Christ who Christ is and what Christ has done when we endure uh, rejoicing knowing the promises of God this is this reveals that our faith is true 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 faith endures true faith that perseveres true faith does not sit on the sideline and wait till things are good and then go out true 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 faith starts the starts the process it starts our salvation paul quoted Habakkuk 2 and 4 in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, to explain that salvation is by faith. But that faith that, that saves, it does not just uh, uh, stay with, with, with that, which, with, uh, with, with uh, faith in Christ. It, 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 it enables us, it's necessary to enable us to continue to live the Christian life and persevere in the Christian life. And this is why Paul said, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, he says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right here in Hebrew says the right. But the righteous one shall live by faith. We see that exemplified in the life of the Apostle Paul. He said, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Look at the end of verse number 38. It says, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And I, I, I kind of mentioned this last week, but 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 notice it says, if you shrink back now, talking to these believers who has persevered, he said, the writer is saying, if you shrink back now, God has no pleasure in you. If you shrink back, then you are truly an apostate. apostate. And, and remember, I, I kind of mentioning this, shrink back here, it it, it means to, to, to uh, avoid, uh, to, to draw oneself back or, or to withdraw oneself. And in the literal meaning, it, it is to, to, to take in a sail. And remember, uh, I mentioned that it's, it's like a sailor who, is, who has purposed, who has purposed to set out uh, on the ocean, sails up, and and he he is he has purpose he has set out to 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 get his ship to a, a location sails up wind blowing he's moving along then all of a sudden a storm hit and when the storm hit he brings in his sail because he don't want to he don't want to be troubled by the storm he 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 brings he brings the sails down and and, and what is he doing he's shrinking back you bring the sails down because he don't it's he's when the strong winds begin to blow on the sea and the, and the ship is is whipped he 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 let down his sailors and he re, uh, his sail and returned to shore giving up on the voyage 
a writer is saying the one who who throws away his confidence, the one who drifts away from his confidence in Christ is is like a sailor who instead of saying, tie that sail up, <laughs> he ain't putting that tied up. I'm, this is where I'm going and I'm going to get there. And I'm confident that I'm going to get there. Instead of just opening it up and saying, I'm trying to stretch this thing as wide as I can because I'm going to get there. Those who throw away their confidence is like a sailor who says, you know what? <laughs> it's tough. I'm going to give up. <laughs> I'm going to turn back. I'm going I'm to I'm strike sail and, and wait for, for, for calm. See how this building, this is building us up for chapter 11. As, as believers, the writer is saying, we, we can't let down the sail and wait for easy times. Wait for times when it's easy to confess Christ. Wait for times when it's, when it's, when it's easy to go out and evangelize. We can't wait till it's easy to, 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 began going and fellowshipping with my brother and sister, but until that time, I'm going to neglect meeting together with my brothers and sisters because it's tough for me. Because it's causing me discomfort. I'm just going to wait for a better opportunity. Wait till the sun is out. No, beloved, we must continue to live by faith and allow our faith to, to cause us to persevere regardless of what is going on in our lives. Because when we do that, when we pull back, when we pull back because we're not confident, God is not pleased. Where faith is lacking, God is not pleased. Faith, faith is 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 not something that you 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 only exercise certain times in your life. <laughs> the gesture live by faith. It's not just something when things are going, you know, when things are when when things get tough. That's when we need to. No, faith is necessary in the bad times, in the good times. This, this is vital for us to, to, to grasp. This is why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Whatever it is that God has purpose for you to go through, you're to go through, you're to endure as he gives you the strength and the wisdom and the enablement to do it, you're to press through. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is to be a way of life. God, I don't know what you're doing in my life. I don't know why I have thyroid disease. I don't know why my eyes are, are bulging up, but I'm going to press on and preach. I don't care because it ain't about What's going on around me or in my body? 
what it is about is pleasing my Lord. And hearing a word when I see him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You persevere. Here's your crown. The writer says in verse 39, he says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. We ain't the ones who fold ourselves and return to land. We, we don't, we're not the ones who shrink back and abandon Christ and abandon the, the mission that he has purposed that we are to, to, to take part of. He said, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. We are those who trust God, who respond to his word, who respond, who, who live and depend by his grace through his word, by the Holy Spirit. We, we are those who, who regardless of his heart in life and we feel helpless, we press on. We don't give up. This is who we are. The writer saying, this is, this is the declaration that I'm making about myself. Even when it don't make sense, we're not going to shrink back. Even when it gets tough, we're not going to shrink back. Because we look for the reward. It's okay to look for the reward. But most important, we are to look for Christ. Our world offers many things to try to remedy the ills that we experience in the world. You know what God's cure is? God's cure for your anxiety. God's cure for your troubled heart. God's cure for your worry. God's cure for your fear. God's cure for your uh, the the uncertainty that you you are perhaps experiencing. God's cure is Christ. And I got to tell you, God's cure is Christ, but it's, it's you got to pay a high price. Following him. It comes with a high price. And then the price is this. It's the commitment of your life. The commitment of all that you are to all that he is to do what he wills. That's the price. It might cost you suffering. It might cost you friends and family. It may cost you the loss of your property. It may cost you the love, the loss of your loved ones. It may cause you to have to get into the word and discipline yourself in God's word, studying God's word. It may cost you disciplining yourself in prayer, prayer individually and prayer with other believers. It may cost you coming to church. It may cost you serving others. It may cost you evangelizing. It may cost you 
everything. Giving your, yourself completely to the work of the Lord. It may cause you even to persevere through, through, through the, the shaking of the ordinary. It may cost you that. But while you wait on the Lord to return, fix your eyes upon Christ. Because he says, he, he says, take my yoke. He says, it's my, I'm in that yoke with you. I'm walking with you. I am everything that you need, you have, because what I've done, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Abide in me and I will abide in you, he says. Fix your gaze upon Christ, for that is your joy. Fix your hope on his coming, for that is your strength. And as I close, I want to read something from Steve Lawson in his book, The Cost. The Cost of what it is to means to be a disciple. He quoted this poem called I Am a Disciple. I pray to disturb your faith. And here's the poem. All the way to the end. The die has been cast. And women, I think you when you study Steve Lawson's book, this is the poem that was at the end of the book. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The, de uh, the decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I will not look up, let up, slow up, back up, or be still. I no longer need prominence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, popularity. I don't have to be right, first, top, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I now live by faith, love by patience, live by prayer, labor by power. My pace is set. My gait is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My guide reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice. I will not hesitate in the presence of adversity. I will not negotiate at the table of the enemy. I will not ponder at the pool of popularity, nor mander at the maze of mediocrity. I will not give up. Back up, let up, or shut up until I have prayed up, preached up, stored up, and stayed up the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until he comes, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own. He will have no trouble. Recognizing me, my colors are flying high. My colors are flying high and they are clear for all to see. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ.
Let us pray. Father, you were so good to us as you have given us Christ. And Christ, you're so good to us that you have given your life so that we may have everything that pertains to life and godliness. That we have everything we need to, to live the Christian life, even though it gets tough. You, you understand, you sympathize with us because you walked in this dark and sinful world. You endured the, the ridicule of sinful man you endured and, and suffered at the hand of those who, who were evil and they put you to death. You, you, you are able to sympathize with us and you understand and you have given us what we need. And we ask even now that you would pour out uh, your love in our hearts so that we will be compelled to live for you, that we will be uh, that we will be compelled to persevere on the, the the journey that you have called all of us to. It may look different in our lives. And nevertheless, we're all on the same journey. We all must persevere. We all must run this Christian race and live by faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, and we pray that you would continue to help us to, to see the, the, the necessary work for us to do and what it means to live by faith, faith in Christ and faith in what you have promised us. And we pray that you would be with us this, this week and that is coming up. And Father, we pray for those who are in Haiti who or dealing with situations and circumstances that we can only imagine. Be with them. If it's your will, protect them from the, those who desire to do evil. Provide for them what they are in need of. But most importantly, Father, enable them to walk in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ. Enable them to remain steadfast and endure to the end so that they will too hear from the Lord who died for us well done well done my good and faithful servant and lastly Father I pray for those who perhaps have not come to Christ who have not put their hand to the plow who have not given up all to follow Christ and to serve him and his church. Father, open their eyes to the beauty of Christ, to, to the fact that Christ is the greatest treasure that anyone could have. And his love is the greatest motivation, the necessary motivation to live a life that is pleasing to God. We pray that you would do that for the sake of Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.